public opinion is a bit like a sort of 300 pound gorilla and it's sort of sitting there and it's sort of hiding but once it's got you once it's got you in its sights it will be very cross indeed it's been quite a year for the nhs it turned 70 had a winter crisis like never before got over junior doctor strikes but then was hit by a series of scandals about breast screening and now opiate prescriptions at the same time, we've seen demonstrations in favour of it and even widespread public support for more money. So how do these things mix together? And what do they tell us about the way in which the British public view the service? I'm Duncan Jarvis, Multimedia Editor at the BMJ, and I'm joined by Ben Page, Chief Exec of Ipsos Mori, which is a polling company, to, to tell us a little bit more about that. Hi, Ben. Hello. Um, Now, you've written a provocation for us for the 70th birthday of the NHS called The NHS is Nowhere Near Crisis Point Yet. And it's from that that I've got sort of a few questions. Um, Now, your article says that 77% of people, so that's by far the biggest proportion of people, um, agree that we must do everything we can to support the NHS. Now, it's quite an emotive question. So I'm wondering, what do you think that figure, you know, that question and, and that response actually tells us? Well, I mean, it's just looking at, I mean, what the other part of that question, and originally this question was designed um, on, during Tony Blair's tenure as Prime Minister at the beginning of the century. And we were what the question tries to do, and you've, you've told us about half the question, but the question actually asks, which of these comes closest to your view? The NHS is, um, you know, it must be maintained at all costs. Or B, the NHS was a great project, but we cannot afford to maintain it in its current form. Ah. And um, I, I, I don't think Tony would really mind if I said that he was sort of hoping to see the proportion of people re- thinking that it does need some kind of fundamental reform would rise. But I think what I found interesting over the last two decades that we've now been asking this question is that the numbers just simply haven't changed. So all through all the pouring of resource into the NHS, all the reorganisations, people reapplying for their jobs, you know, which is one of the NHS's favourite things, CCGs up and down, all of, all of this. And the, the public's attitudes really just have, have barely shifted. They, you know, they, they love the NHS. Um, they, you know, there are some signs that it's under pressure in terms of how, how the public regard it. But, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that when we ask other questions like what makes you proudest to be British, the NHS is right up there along with heritage and the royal family mm. and uh, in the, the army and everything else. So um, it, it's just a reminder that the NHS is incredibly important to people. And we, we've got in polling this year, we've had between 66 to 80 percent saying they're willing to pay more taxes personally. Uh, to um, to help help protect services and, and maintain it, which again is a reminder that out of everything that the government does or is involved in, the NHS is pretty much the most popular part of it. Mm. Now, it was interesting as well in that article that at the same time you say that there's this sort of gen- general downward trajectory in the public satisfaction with the NHS, and that satisfaction with GP services is falling to to what's what being one of the lowest rates. So given, you know, how does that fit into the picture that you've just said above? Sure. I mean, so this is the, the British Social Attitudes study, which has got a series since 1983, and it asks people to um, show how satisfied they are with, uh, you know, things like dentistry, outpatients, inpatients, um, and also GP services. And, I mean, the first thing to note is that GP services um, are still remain uh, one of the best regards 
flooded parts of the NHS. And of course, doctors in our veracity index remain one of the most trusted groups of people in the whole country, along with nurses. But it is noticeable that satisfaction with GP services has been sort of drifting down now since around 2009. It was at about 80% in 2009. The latest data shows a, a sharp fall in the last year or so to about, um, looking at this, about 67%. So you've still got two thirds of people who are satisfied with their GP, but it's clearly the separate GP survey we do of um, every uh, GP surgery as part of the agreement between the BMA and DH um, does seem to suggest that access is becoming more of an issue. And so there's, there, are, there are pressures on the service which seem to be sort of starting to show up in, in, patient, um, in patient experience. But I mean, in terms of people, people's regard for the National Health Service, it's not going away there. As always, their issue with it is really always around access. And so mm. it's not really about fundamental quality. And I suppose my question is, are people sort of somehow divorcing their experience, you know, yesterday waiting to get in to see a GP with their kind of overall idea of what the the health service is? Is that, you know, people have said that the NHS is like a religion and that sort of, I don't know, cognitive dissonance um, that that people might be able to have about religion is that sort of going on here? Well, I think, you know, there is this there is this difference between the NH- nobody ever goes to the NHS. They go to see a particular GP or they go to a hospital. The NHS is a sort of principle. It's an idea. Uh, it isn't it is, you know, and it manifests itself in lots of different ways. But yes, I mean, I think and, and people also separate out individual experience. I mean, most people are being seen within within four hours when they go to hospital, even though it's been under pressure. They are they are seeing their GP quickly, but it but they aren't as happy as they were. In back in 2009-2010. So, you know, the, the, and I think the question, the, the numbers, the reason I was saying it's not in crisis is because these numbers, if you were to look at some of the numbers for, um, I don't know, things like road maintenance mm. or something or other areas, or if you take local government where of its central government grant has now been cut since 2010. There you've seen radical changes in services, etc. And the NHS, although its its funding hasn't risen fast enough to meet demand, um, and there are, there are clearly pressures overall. I mean, if you look at a basket of services, well, I've pointed out... Um, uh, GP access is a potential issue. Overall ratings of outpatients um, remain much higher than in uh, 2005, 2007. They're, they're, they're holding up pretty much. Um, you know, so it's, it's, a, it's a mixture. A&E is also under pressure and the public sees on that as the part of the service that they would, they would prioritise for extra money, whether that's the right thing to spend extra money on, of course, is, is quite another issue. But, but so it's but it, but in terms of other public services, these numbers are still very very good. There mm. are lots of things delivered that you would be very pleased to have sixty seven percent of users happy with. I bet. Um, now, part of the reason we wanted to get you on the podcast and and talk about this after your article is that uh, since we published that, there has been the the seventieth anniversary of the NHS, um, and over the sort of last week or so we've you know seen a lot of programming on the bbc and kind of endless social media outpourings of love um and there's even been a song in the charts um so what does that kind of you know that anniversary and that sort of swell of of 
praise and things that go around it. What does that do to people's overall perceptions of, of something? Well, it, it generally has a positive impact. So we've we've looked at um, previous anniversaries. So we set, we did a lot of in-depth work for the 50th anniversary in 1998 and again um, in uh, 2008. And what we found that the weekend of the anniversary, you see about a 10 to 15 point lift in satisfaction of the NHS precisely at that time because of the news so nothing different happened in any hospitals because of the 70th anniversary i mean i don't know maybe the staff feeling slightly better but but you know the operations didn't get any faster or anything like that but what you've done is simply remind people about with the celebration of the 70th anniversary of the fact that the nhs is there and not of the day-to-day struggles sometimes with delivery but rather you've reminded people of the principle it's a little bit like the feel-good factor with the olympics in 2012 where we celebrated the whole country incidentally of course including the um, uh, the NHS at, at the opening mm, ceremony of, of the Olympics, so it, it has a it has a short term effect on um, on sort of confidence and positivity towards the service, and then it, and then as as the memory of it goes away because the public have got other things to think about and the news cycle moves on, it, it it goes away. But it but it is a reminder of you know of the affection that people have for it, and it is clear and the government made its promise of 20 billion extra exactly how that's going to be derived um, is not yet clear we wait for for autumn announcements on the budget etc but you know the NHS is still um, as I say not in crisis it may feel like that in some places and sometimes but in terms of public perception at least which is what I measure um, things could be a lot worse and it has they have been a lot worse in the past. Mm. now, something about the the coverage that I've seen is, um, you know, on the BBC and in in social media, was it was quite nuanced. Um, you know, there were goods, and it was also sort of exposing the bad bits of the NHS. Um, you know, it, it was not going in one direction. And I just wonder, you know, how do you, as a polling company, sort of, you know, do you take a temperature of that? How does that that nuance, that kind of lack of a of a clear answer perhaps um feed into your analysis of of how people feel about something like the nhs i mean well what we're doing is in in our work is as as well as looking at social media which isn't necessarily ever representative of the public as a whole and of course the heaviest users of the nhs who tend to be older um, not not quite so heavy users Mm. of social media of course but um no you're trying what you're trying to do is look at different dimensions so you're you're, you know, you can look at what people who are shouty are saying about it, but you can also look at people who don't, the, the vast majority of people who don't post stuff online, um, say, and you can look at different aspects of the service. And, and, and so we, we do all of that in our in the various studies that we do, um, both for the Department of Health and for others, looking at, looking at perceptions of the service. And I think a key thing is to be very clear about what you're trying to measure. So are you trying to measure exactly, you know, how was that outpatient experience for you or how was that bit of dentistry or, you know, how, your attendance day at or, you know, your access to the GP, as opposed to how do you feel about the overall direction of the National Health Service and how it should be funded? Because they're, they're just completely different things. And um, interestingly, we, there isn't necessarily a direct read across. So uh, some of the negativity that's building up towards the NHS at the moment isn't necessarily from those who've used it recently, mm. but is rather from people who are reflecting media coverage around, around of course, real problems in the health service. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, you also wrote from us for us earlier um, in the run-up to the 2017 elections um, about how important the NHS was towards people's kind of, you know, ideas about who they would 
potentially vote for, even when something like Brexit's been going on in the background. Um, and I just wonder, given the sort of what's happening now and the fact that uh, Brexit's become this huge thing that's kind of consumed our government, um, you know, does the NHS still have the a big role to play in in people's sort of political? Yes. Uh, it, it it does, but it, it's. I mean, with all of these things, there's a sort of non-linear relationship between what's going on and how worried about it people are, or how much impact it has. So, when we ask people every month, as we have done every month since 1974, what's the biggest problem facing the country? Currently, the NHS is up there with Brexit and sometimes beats Brexit um, as the biggest issue facing the country. If you ask people about what the biggest problem is in their area, it probably it probably will rarely actually be the NHS. There will be something else. In London, for example, it's housing. Um, but politically, uh, you know, the NHS is is going to be an issue. But it has to. It would have to get to a particular point. So, in nineteen after years of austerity in the nineteen nineties, by nineteen ninety seven, when Tony Blair was elected, it was it was with education the number one issue facing the country um but in terms of how people cast their votes you know it, it's always c compared to what and i think that one of the you know so you, you you might not like the conservatives but you need to know what labor's alternative would be but also until it, it doesn't really bite until you think it's in danger or, or you're getting really up you know you've heard that your aunt's operation has now been cancelled three times and at the moment people are worried about it they know there are issues but no, you know, and Labour, Labour have a traditional lead on the NHS that they did after all create it. But they, you know, it isn't, it doesn't necessarily feed through to a massive Labour lead in the polls. And in fact, Labour are currently a couple of percentage points behind the government, despite all the chaos in the government, resignations, only 20% of people or so having any confidence in the government to get a good deal on Brexit. Despite all of that, um, Labour Labour are, you know, sort of level pegging with the government or a point or two behind. When just uh, six years ago under Ed Miliband in 2012, Labour at this point in the Parliament were about um, 12 percentage points ahead of the Conservatives. So the NHS is a political issue. It does feed through, but it doesn't appear at the moment really to be decisive. Um, and even in 2010, when, you know, the people were markedly, they noticed that the NHS had got better. And thankfully they had, because we did double expenditure on it pretty much under Labour. But it didn't seem to really make a difference in the 2010 election uh, so you know it, it work it, it plays out in different ways and of course people also vote on three things they vote on policy and, and things like the NHS but they also vote on the leaders and on their feelings about the parties as a whole so it's a it's a complex sort of kaleidoscope of things moving around all the time yeah definitely um so given that we have just literally got a, a brand new health secretary um i just wondered what would be your message to him uh, about the nhs how would you sort well, of sum yeah, that up i mean what i'd say well i think the, pretty much as i've been saying that the nhs is as as matt hancock well knows um dearly loved in the country so you know he he is an inheritor of a he's got a great office uh, probably one of the best in some ways one of the best and most powerful jobs in britain in terms of his his influence over it however it is and it is it is dearly loved and it's and it's doing well but it's under pressure or the, the way the army would describe it is it's running hot and the challenge for government any government is as uh, with with pressure on things like waiting times the 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 issue is that there isn't a linear relationship between how cross or otherwise that the electorate and the public are and patients are and actual actual waiting times and that the what i my warning to the to any sector of state 
in this position is the, is the tipping point that if if things are under pressure and the resources don't materialize and it, they and they're unable to to reconfigure things to to deliver more for the same money and all the rest of it then when the public what will happen is it's not going to sort of gradually get worse and you'll notice and you'll be able to do something about it the danger in this is that public opinion is a bit like a sort of 300 pound gorilla and it's sort of sitting there and it's sort of idling but once it's got your once it's got you in its sights it will be very cross indeed and with with nhs waiting times and and sort of uh, clinic clinical delivery what happens is you seem to on the way up we saw this as, as, as labor poured money and th- nothing got better in terms of public perception and they kept pouring resources in and actually cutting the waiting times and it was only in the last few years of their time in office as they got waiting times down at 1.28 weeks the public suddenly sort of clocked it and um, was you know much much more positive and as things deteriorate again you know you'll be able it's a bit like the frog in the saucepan to use mm. yet another <laughs> metaphor you'll be able to sort of keep going for a while but at some point um, the public will, will will get very cross if if it do, if money doesn't come in and if things don't work out and the other big warning to any Secretary of State, again, is, you know, you may think reform is very exciting. The public doesn't care about reform. They just want decent services. And they always tend to think that more money rather than reform is the solution. So, um, you know, it's inevitable that it seems inevitable almost that we're going to have to spend more money on health and social care. And more of that will need to come from taxation over the next, um, you know, the next decade. So, you know, good luck to managing those things. And this is why I'm not a politician. (laughs) Ben Page, thank you very much for taking some time to talk to us today. You've been listening to Ben Page, Chief Executive of Ipsos Mori, tell us about what the public thinks of the NHS. For more of our NHS 70 coverage, have a look on bmj.com. There's an awful lot on there, including Ben's provocation and some more strongly held opinions. That's all on bmj.com. That's it for this podcast. We'll be back next week with more from the world of medicine. In the meantime, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. We're in most places now. You can subscribe there too so you don't miss out on anything else. I'm Duncan Jarvis. Thanks for listening.